five years from now, we'll we'll look back and, and realize what a what an awesome community asset that these four entities went together to ensure was brought to Monticello. Hi there, and welcome to the Community Broadband Bits podcast, brought to you by the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This is Lisa Gonzalez. There's a new partnership in Monticello, Illinois. The school district, the Allerton Public Library, the city, and Piatt County are joining forces to improve local connectivity. A few years ago, the community learned that a private company was installing a fiber line through the community for mobile wireless purposes. They approached them and proposed a mutually beneficial arrangement to create savings for all parties. The network has recently connected to the public schools, eliminating the need for the district to lease multiple T1 lines. They now save public dollars and get the connectivity they need. The remaining entities will likely be connected by the end of the summer. Monticello is one of an increasing number of stories we encounter in which public entities, realizing the strength of collaboration, band together to create new opportunities. Chris caught up with Vic Zimmerman, superintendent of Monticello's Community Unified School District Number 25. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell, and today I'm speaking with Vic Zimmerman, superintendent for the Monticello Schools in Illinois. Welcome to the show. Glad to be a part of it. We learned about your interesting approach to connecting the schools and anchor institutions uh, over uh, Google Alert and didn't know much about the, the Monticello schools beforehand or the, or the region. So perhaps you can start by telling us a little bit about what that area is like in Illinois. Monticello's located just about the center of Illinois. We're halfway between uh, Champaign Illinois, where the University of Illinois is, and Decatur, Illinois, where uh, the worldwide headquarters of Archer Daniels Midland is located. Uh, we're a rural school district. We've got about 5,000 students in our town. We serve about 8,000 residents uh, for Monticello. Uh, we're the county seat of Piatt County, and you know our main our main business is agriculture. And one of the things that, that we've learned is that you had a situation where you didn't have super slow access in your schools, but it, it wasn't meeting your needs. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how the schools were connected before you ended up uh, engaging in this uh, fiber network? Well, you know, school districts across the country increased their reliance on, on technology for, for all kinds of reasons, including you know, curriculum and instruction for students, but also, you know, research for teachers and then a lot of web-based applications for, you know, finances and, and HR and those types of things. And we really needed a, a, a much broader internet connection. We had about 170 megabits uh, to our school district, but it was coming over over four different, you know, wires, uh, so to speak. So it was we were never actually able to get 170 at any one time. It was, you know, 40 here or 50 there, and that's not terrible. But it was kind of all cobbled together, and you know, it didn't didn't work out very well. So we were looking for a, an alternative uh, to try to get it all from one place. Right, and one of the things you did was the same thing that I think every school district or local government does, which is to first reach out to the existing providers and say, hey, you know, we could use a better connection. When are you going to deliver it? Uh, what kind of a response did you get? Well, that's exactly what we did, and what they told us is, well, it'll be within the next six months. And then, 
you know, when I talk to them 12 months later, well, it'll probably be in the next six months. And then, you know, 12 months later, well, it'll probably be in the next year. And it just, it just never happened. You know, I, I understand that. I mean, we don't have a huge market here for internet connectivity uh, in our town. You know, there's the big players are, you know, the school, the library, the, uh, you know, the city and and probably a little bit lesser extent, the county. We do have some businesses that that would be interested in high-speed internet and and wide broadband. Uh, But when it comes to, are you going to make a lot of money by by bringing fiber to, to our town, I can understand why we weren't at the top of the priority list for some of the big companies. Right, and and just to specify, I know Illinois has a number of really good locally owned private companies and some great co-ops, and this was in particular two of the more national companies that were, um, you know, hoping to bring fiber in. They said, but not actually getting the job done. Um, but then you learned about this really great uh, fiber network that was going to be running right through town, and you you made a deal with them, which I found really intriguing. Um, can you walk me through that? Well, we got we got wind that a company out of another small town. So the company was called Metro Communications out of Sullivan, and their their business plan is to provide fiber for uh, cell phone towers. So that was their basic business plan, and they were completing a ring uh, that extended almost through the entire portion of the center of Illinois and coming right down uh, right through Monticello to connect uh, to Interstate Highway 72. And we caught wind of that and met with uh, Zach Horn from Metro and said, hey, you know, we know you're coming through town. We need fiber, a fiber internet connection for our entities and our, you know, for our businesses in town. We know that's not really what you do for a living, but we'd like to, you know, quote, get in the trench with you, which meant, you know, while you're installing your fiber internet in a trench, we'd like to put a couple conduits in there along with you and, and pay and pay half. So he was going to come through anyway, so it was a, a good deal for him. And then, you know, from his point of view, the fact that there were going to be four governmental entities working together to try to do something great for the city of Monticello and Piatt County, he wanted to be involved in. And let's 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 dig into those four entities. Who are the all of the entities that are involved? Well, the city of Monticello, uh, Piatt County, uh, Allerton Library, which is the library in in Monticello, and then Monticello Schools. And so each of those now has uh, some joint share of this conduit into which I presume you've put in fiber because you have a network that's running now. How do you handle that? Well, we put together, you know, an intergovernmental intergovernmental agreement, which you know, that which allowed us to work together, eventually make a purchase of the system through Metro. So, you know, Metro installed the system, and then when it was all said and done, they 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 basically sold it to to the four entities. So we all have a 25% share. And Metro's plan was to just head through the center of town, but we told them we needed to spider off to the to the schools and spider off to a couple of places that the county needed to get to and the city and the library. So, you know, it was a little more than uh, Metro was was planning to install, but they went ahead and and did the work and then sold the whole backbone system to us. So we ended up putting a two inch and a half uh, conduits in the ground because it didn't really cost us that much uh, more to add that second conduit. It's empty. Uh, But the other one is we we run fiber. Uh, There's fiber in the other conduit and and uh, the school district is hooked up to the fiber, and we're uh, working on 
the other three entities getting themselves hooked up, and it's, uh, it's going very well. So when you look at this uh, in terms of the economics of it, I think you the the combined four entities put in something like three hundred thousand dollars of of capital costs. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. And so, do you look at that in terms of just that's the cost of getting better access to the schools, or are you do you see like a payback period relative to what you were previously paying? Are you are you paying less now? Well, since we're not really a business, we you know we didn't run the numbers on ROI or anything like that. But when we when I looked at it as a school district, I knew that we needed to have access to, to faster internet. And, and, you know, when it's all said and done, we were paying about $3,500 for 170 megabits. And now I'm paying $1,800 for 300 megabits. And then as, as the uh, amount of internet connectivity increases for the same money, $3,500 a month, I'd probably be able to get almost a gigabit of, uh, internet access, you know, in the next, in the next couple of years. So the, uh, you know, the monthly cost for the amount of bandwidth I can get is, is definitely a bargain in regard to the overall capital outlay. You know, if you amortize that over, over the course of 10 years, you know, it's, it's a great deal, uh, not just for the school district, but, you know, we have an interest in the school district of, of, uh, bringing economic development opportunities to, to our town. And, you know, I, I think to be involved in the, in a project that brings fiber internet to Monticello, I think the, for the school to be involved in that, I think it, you know, it says a lot, uh, in regard to, we're not just interested in, in what's best for the school district, but we understand that you know, what's best for the town is, is also great for the school district. And the same could be said from the, from the, from the city and the county's point of view, you know, they understand that between schools and healthcare, we're two of the best things that Monticello has going for it, along with, you know, just the tradition of being a safe small town. And they understand that if, if it's good for the schools, it's also going to be good for the city and the county. So, you know, it was a win-win situation all the way around. And then when you look at the library, of course, you know, their, their needs for internet connectivity are only going to get larger and larger as, as time goes on. Right. One of the things you won't have to worry about anymore is being hit with an unexpected rate hike. And that's that's worth a whole lot right there. Yep. So you recently actually we saw an example of of how you are dedicated toward making sure that this fiber will ultimately uh, impact local businesses and improve the services for residents. Because as I understand it, you had an opportunity to work with someone that would have managed the fiber, but was not interested in expanding it at all. And you chose to to wait and try and find a partner that would be interested in in expanding that and making sure it benefited everyone in the community. What happened there? So we're not internet service providers. We're, uh, you know, government administrators and, you know, school people and city people and those types of things. Of course, we we were hopeful from the outset that we would be able to find somebody who would be able to provide maintenance to our system uh, and then expand the network and provide opportunities for businesses to uh, get connected on this fiber and also, you know, pay us a monthly fee for the opportunity to do that. It was kind of like the, the Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn movie <laughs> where he got somebody to you know pay him to, to whitewash the fence just because he was a smooth talker. That's right. Well, so we, we put out a couple of uh, requests for proposals. The first one, we only had we had one uh, a company that was interested in, in the project, and we weren't able to, to work out the, the details that we've, we were hopeful for. So we went out again, we, we revised our uh, RFP and, and kind of made it a little more general. Uh, 
Um, and then we had, I think, five or six different entities put in proposals. You know, some of them were uh, just interested in being able to access the Internet and be, being able to sell off uh, bandwidth. Uh, some of them were interested in uh, the maintenance piece. Some of them were interested in expanding the whole uh, network out to uh, fiber to the home and those types of things, but we did never find the, the perfect fit. So we just decided to uh, to uh, sign up with Metro, which is the company that was coming through to do our maintenance uh, of our system. And you know, we you know once once you have fiber in the ground, there's really not a huge amount of maintenance uh, that you have to do. That's the expectation. Um, but you know, if somebody comes along and and cuts the fiber, then we'll we'll have to get that fixed. But you know, when it's all said and done, uh, we're we've got the, we've got the wheels on the car and the, and the car starts up and it runs, so we're able to to show that. And now the next step is to now go out and find uh, a company that's willing to lease fibers from us uh, for a, a monthly amount, and then uh, then they'll be able to you know have a business that sells fiber connectivity to our to our other businesses in town, and then maybe eventually uh, take take a route that would include fiber to the home for residents who'd be interested in something like that. Excellent. Is there anything else that we should be aware of in terms of how this network has benefited the community? Five years from now, we'll, we'll look back and, and realize what, a, what an awesome community asset that these four entities went together to ensure was brought to Monticello. You know, we understand it because we've been involved in it from the, from the beginning. We know that if if we hadn't have jumped uh, jumped in the trench with with Metro, that the likelihood that any of us would have access to fiber right now is probably pretty small. The the widget that we were working with, the four of us, was fiber internet. But probably, and I've said this before to the group, that the coolest thing about it is just just the four governmental entities uh, got together and, and stuck with it for for two years uh, to to make it happen. I mean, there was never a time where it was really going to fall apart, but, you know, we're a small rural community. We all know each other. We all understand that, you know, what matters to the school matters to the city and what matters to the library matters to the county and, and all those types of things. So, you know, in this case, the the issue was fiber internet, but the, probably the best part about it all was that, you know, four government entities got together and, and made it happen. So that's that's probably what we're most proud of. Excellent. That's an inspiration for many, and and I do hope that we see more local governments finding ways of working together to achieve similar ends. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity. For more on this story, go to muninetworks.org and follow the Monticello, Illinois tag. We will be sure to check in with the other public partners as they connect to their network. Send us your ideas for the show. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at CommunityNets. This show was released on June 10th, 2014. We want to thank Valley Lodge for their song, Sweet Elizabeth, licensed using Creative Commons. And thank you for listening.